Hello and welcome to Tribal Council, a show in which two brothers who have never seen Survivor before start from the very beginning. I'm Patrick. And I'm Chris. And this week we're going to talk about season four, episode two, Nacho Mama. And uh, we'll say goodbye to Nacho Mama herself by the end of the episode. Yeah, so I thought it would be good to start off because we're in a new season. We could have talked about this last week, but I didn't. So we'll talk about it this week. I have some info about the Marquesas Islands, which is where the season oh, is filmed. Awesome. So my first question for you, and this won't make for good podcast material probably, but do you know where they are? The South Pacific? Okay. So like where in re- like relate them to like some other I would say west of Hawaii, like roughly between Hawaii and the Philippines. Okay. I'm going to share, this is the part that's not very good podcast. I'm sharing my screen with Patrick now. So this is, so the Marquesas Islands have several islands. The one that Survivor was filmed on is their largest island, which is called Nukuhiva. Um, so I'm zoomed, zoomed in on that. So I'm going to zoom out and relating to Hawaii was good because that's what I was trying to, or that's the part that surprised me is it is actually like s- south of Hawaii and a little bit east. Oh, that's very surprising. I've never really looked at what's going on in the Pacific Ocean. I don't think I realized that Hawaii was that far west. Yeah, I kind of was picturing the Marquesas more as like, I know, I guess I know that they said South Pacific. I was picturing more closer to the Philippines. So it is like due south of Hawaii and then east a little bit. So some other, some facts about Nukuhiva, um, that island specifically has a population at the time of Survivor, so, or I guess in 2002, which that's roughly when this was recorded, right? Yeah, it would have been fall Um, 2001. The population of the island Nukuhiva was about 2,600, 2,652. Um, The population of the Marquesas was a little bit higher. I think it was closer to like eight or 9,000 if you add all the islands together. The... Islands themselves, when um, disease was brought to them, got like absolutely decimated by disease. Their population was like almost 100,000 at one point. And then like through the 1800s, by like early 1900s, it had been cut down to like 10% of what it was at. Wow. Like that's like literally decimated. Yeah. I also noted that since the population at the time was about... It was 2,652 is the stat I found. And so I figured with all of the survivor members and the crew that they increased the island's population by about like a 1% probably, which I thought was interesting. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, the primary diet of people there tends to be breadfruit, taro, which we've seen them gather taro. I think we might have actually seen some breadfruit and not known it. Yeah. That um, might be what manioc. we thought was like grapefruit kind of. Yeah, and coconut and other kinds of fruit, um, goats, fish, and more rarely they eat pigs. Is that just because pigs are less common, or is there like a like a religious or cultural thing of not eating pig? I sure don't know. Maybe they're less common, or they're harder to raise and kill than like. If goats lost has taught me anything, know. it's really hard to catch a boar. So yeah, so yeah, that's my info about the Marquesas. We'll see if I find out other info that I want to include later on, but I'm sure we'll find out like some of the local tribe history and stuff like that as we go through the season, just because Survivor tends to include that sort of stuff. We saw a little bit of that with one of the food items in the challenge this week. 
I think uh, I know that we've talked about Lost quite a bit on this podcast, um, which, you know, has to do with the fact that both of us really like the show. And also because the creators of the show Lost literally said, like, what if we made Survivor but made it a fictional story instead? Um, so there's quite a few similarities there. But this, uh, when you showed me the map, it's like it is, I bet that a plane would fly over the Marquesas if it was going from Sydney to LA. It's like kind of on that route. Yeah. So what I'm saying is maybe this island also moves through space and time. Spoiler alert for Lost. Maybe. Maybe that's a spoiler alert for Survivor. We don't even know. Good point. Um, it could be. I mean, maybe they got ideas from being here. Um, some other, there's some famous like authors like Robert Louis Stevenson, um, Herman Melville. Uh, got ideas by traveling and staying by on watching Survivor's islands. That well, that but they're real lost heads. Lost. Oh, uh, okay, okay. I'm pretty sure that they read both of those author authors on Lost, so that's real Inception shit. Here's a question for you about the Marquesas, which is maybe it is okay. definitely my own ignorance. Are the Marquesas their own country? They're, I believe, owned or they're uh, like a territory, some sort of territory of French French Polynesia. Which, which is in itself a territory of France? Um, French Polynesia, as we all know, is an overseas collectivity of the French Republic. And it's sole overseas country. So, yes. Um, yes. So that is like part yeah, of so. France in the same way that like Guam is part of the United States. Yeah. So French Polynesia is part of France. And then Marquesas is part of French Polynesia, maybe? Something like that. Okay. Okay. So this week on Survivor, let's talk about stuff. We start with a massage circle. <laughs> yeah. That was some nice stuff. That was like the night of tribal council. Um, the other tribe was up to some good stuff with a massage circle. That was. Have cool. you ever done a massage circle, Chris? That's That question was not. much less weird in my head. I haven't. I would imagine you have. Oh, so many times. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It probably doesn't surprise you that I have not. I, it does not. This was uh, not like a creepy thing that I did. It was literally every day during choir warm-ups, like as part of class, we were expected to do a massage circle, which I guess is maybe creepy, but it is, I mean, it is not like uh, me and my friends were just getting together and doing massage circles on the beach. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. I think that's okay. Relating to your choir thing, I'll point out that I was on Reddit earlier today and there was like a thread that was, what's something that isn't a cult, but it like acts like a cult. And one of the posts was choir. Oh yeah, that's totally true. So that, that That's a funny matchup. The, um, the supposed reasoning was that it helps us to loosen up our vocal cords. I have no idea if that's actually true. Was your instructor, they weren't part of this circle right no 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 no. they were not that's good so anyway we see row two doing this was, that. that was that yeah that was row two they we also see that they all that kind of leads into a little bit of the drama with our camp a little bit this week where they're like having a good time and then when it is time for sleeping they all sleep under one like roof shelter thing that they've kind of created except kathy sleeps by herself out on the beach by the fire yeah and so a lot of this episode was dealing with like how they're kind of grouped together, except Kathy feels like separate from them. Yeah. I feel like we should maybe just talk about 
we should split it up by tribe again and talk about row two first. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see your dude, Robert, feeling pretty sick the next morning. Uh, he has not been doing so well. Listen, he's a big guy. He needs a lot of food is what he is. What yeah, well, he, maybe he should be going out and getting some food and not leaving Kathy to do all the work. That's true. Kathy goes out in the water and is just flipping over rocks looking for food. Yeah, shellfish mostly. Yeah, she finds some stuff. She finds things that look like clams maybe sea urchins little crabs some sea snails yeah i said they mostly show them eating the snails which is like like they don't show them eating the other stuff really just the snails and it's like real and also they just eat them raw right that's what it looked like which like i they all had the survivor manual or whatever so i'm sure that they know what they're allowed to eat raw and what they aren't but i was just like i feel like i would lean towards cooking this right i've had snails before and i've had and they were cooked in lots of butter now i understand they don't have butter but the cooking just, might be straight good. now they weren't the, the same snails water, it would be so salty yeah it's like i feel like i would at least want to like try to rinse well, them and they were well they did like break them down because they showed maybe niella nalia, nalia like she, i think it was her who was she the one who would like smash them with a rock and then like try to get all the slime off you know of what? them? I then... I also thought that was Nilia, but now thinking about it, it might have been Zoe. Because both of them are both of them wear their buffs on their head. And so I've it's hard for me to tell them apart this episode. And Oh, Zoe would make more sense since she's Exactly, that's what captain. I was just thinking. That might have been Zoe. It might it might still have been Nilia, but I was just thinking that that would make sense for Zoe to do. So anyways, they find that food, which, uh, well, uh, John also catches a sing- singular shrimp. He catches one shrimp. And was so very proud of finding one shrimp. Um, well, and I guess I skipped over the part he, where he does also they, some of the stuff they find because Kathy just like flips over rocks in the water and like finds this stuff. But they also, before that, they show them making like fishing spears, um, fishing hooks, a bow and arrow. And none of that stuff actually like it's really used yet. John sets a trap for a pig, like sets mm-hmm. a snare to try to hopefully catch a pig at some point, which is super mm-hmm. cool. Um, the next day, so this would have been uh, not after Tribal Council, but like the following day. So day five on the island, I guess. Uh, they discover that like John's trap that he had set the day before has gone off, but like did not catch mm-hmm. a pig. But like it works the way it should have. It just didn't actually catch the pig in it but they could see tracks and everything of narrowly missing a pig um which that's that will be really cool if that ever actually works i kind of doubt that it will ever actually work but if it does that's yeah awesome. i doubt it'll work either it does it just doesn't seem strong enough to catch like a big pig but i don't know maybe we'll be proved wrong yeah they we kind of see a bunch of them talking a little bit about how kathy keeps going off on her own trying to get food and yada 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 and then kathy at one point comes back with a whole bunch of different like shellfish and snails and clams or oysters or whatever they are. And is like, Hey, I found a bunch of food. I need you all to listen to me before I will give you any food and kind of like forces them to have a team meeting in order to have this food and basically complains about how like no one else is doing any of the work, but also says that it's good that we all have roles. And like, I like being the person that finds the food. You guys don't need to find food anymore. As long as you give me space in the shelter and they're like, you had space in the shelter. I was, 
very confused by what Kathy wanted here. I think they were too. Yes. I think they also like, I think there was, there's definitely interactions that have existed that we did not see because like, like they showed Kathy at times talking to the camera saying like, all she wanted was like a thank you for some of the food and she never got any of that. And then when she started having this speech, they all kind of like gained up against her or she felt gained up against. And I felt like there was just like, there had to be some interactions that we just kind of didn't see, but I don't know. Yeah. There is a point in this whole team meeting where we get like a cut to Kathy and she's talking about like how it's fine that everybody has their roles, but also everybody needs to pitch in. And she says, I don't even know what Pascal does. And I wrote, none of us do. I know what he does. This is the first time I've seen him talk in two episodes. He brings well, I know a, he's a judge in real life. He brings an American but, flag. That's his luxury item. Oh, yes. Yeah. So eventually, after Kathy complains about this, they decide that they should begrudgingly build a better shelter and a bigger shelter to catch her, get her involved in this. And Pascal basically donates his U.S. flag as his luxury item to use in the shelter. They also which, cut up the... Um the life raft thing too to use as shelter stuff yeah a couple points on this one when they are all pushing back on kathy on this meeting and they're all like you don't get to decide how we're running this camp single-handedly essentially she like nearly starts crying i don't think she actually cries but she very gets close to crying and just starts packing the food back up into her bag and i was very much under the impression that she was just going to take her food and leave uh, I wouldn't put it past her. They end up decide agreeing to build a bigger shelter so she doesn't leave, but whatever. And then with this flag as the luxury item as part of the shelter, first of all, flags are like cloth, and I can't imagine that that would like. They're definitely not waterproof. That I, I don't think it would be that useful as part of the shelter. Yeah, I agree. But, Although I will say we saw in season two, Colby had a big like Texas state flag. Yes. And so my other point is, if people are going to keep using these luxury items to build shelter, they should stop allowing them to bring flags. Well, I think they stop luxury items in general, eventually. Yeah, but I wonder if this is part of the reason why, yeah. because like, you can't, you can't just be like, oh, I just really love America. Actually, it's my shelter. Well, like, I see he even said like, but he said on camera, like once they were going to make it a shelter that it was, he brought it because he really loves America, which I find a little bit suspect can like, cause usually if people are going to bring a flag because they love America a lot, I feel like they're going to like honor the flag and their specific like flag rules or whatever you're supposed to follow. And I'm pretty sure turning one into a shelter would be kind of against those rules a little bit. Which is why I feel like this is a little bit yeah. cheating. Come on, Pascal get it together you're a judge you're not above the law no i mean i'm cool with it like there, it's not a law that you can't use the flag as a shelter like i'm fine with that i just don't i think i know i meant more of the you're not above the rules of survivor oh, when i said yeah, that yeah. but you know he he's not a judge of the rules of survivor he's a judge of the law uh yeah so let's you want to talk about maramu yeah uh they start off we find out they start off the morning with a morning show which is fun um where they just like pretend like they're on some like morning news show and just like give the weather for the day and stuff like that. I thought that was kind of fun. I actually just now am realizing that this is like Sean and Hunter and Rob doing this. 
I feel like it might count as some island living. They're creating a like fake TV show to give a weather report and a food report and like news anchors mm. out of nothing. Yeah, that's a fair point. At the time, I didn't note it as such, but I'm okay with that. Was that just, it was Hunter, Rob, and Sean, those three? That sounds right. Yeah, which actually helps you the most. Heck yeah. Whoop, whoop. The other things we see in Maru Amu, they show that Patricia is like really stepped up her game and is doing all sorts of stuff. She builds a chicken trap um, and she just like is working with everybody. She has the nickname Mama, which I think I see spelled like three different times or three different ways in this episode or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, she's the nickname Mama. So she's definitely going to get a nickname point for that because Mama's one that is, she's called that multiple times by multiple people throughout the episode. Um, Jeff even calls her that, which I feel like is like a particularly. Uh, I think you. It's it's a really stuck. I think you nickname. misspoke. He's cowboy Jeff now. Did you not see his cool cowboy hat he had on this week? I did see his cool cowboy hat. I did not realize that he is now cowboy, cowboy Jeff. Jeff. Um, some of them are getting. This happens like every season. I feel like so Patricia's working extra hard, so then other people get annoyed. Like she's working too much, um, which gets discussed like throughout this episode and at tribal council like the disparity between like how much people want to work and how much people want to relax kind of well i think it was also it was not just that she was working too hard but it was that she was like telling people what to do a lot of the time and and like not just like hey can you help me with this but like this is the tool tree when you're done with the tools the tools go here and like that's not like a group decision that was a patricia decision yeah but then rob is like i know that i know that's where the tools go and she's like okay where's the knife and he's like shit i don't know yeah i mean i think it is a good idea to have a place where the tools go yeah but she was like making that executive decision on her own which i think is like they start when they call her mama it is both like an endearing thing and also like a you are trying to tell us what to do all the time thing we see sean and Vesepia talk uh, and I want to preface this part of the podcast by saying Chris and I are two white dudes and we don't know what we're talking about, but they talk a little bit, but because we're white dudes, we're going to talk about it anyways. Cause that's what white dudes do. Yeah. We start a podcast to talk about stuff. We don't know <laughs> anything about. Yeah. Uh, Sean and Vesepia have like, b- both of them are black, which we maybe have not said on this podcast before. Um, they are the only black members of Mara Amu. And they have a pretty blunt conversation with each other saying like everybody here is like having fun and is able to be themselves and is like being a little bit guarded because of the politics, but is mostly being themselves. But we have to be like extra careful because people might view us a different way because we are black and they might not have a, they might have different views of us just because of our skin color and stuff. And I, I was kind of impressed with 2002 survivor showing us that like conversation because it felt it felt like a 2020 conversation happening in 2002 um which i I mean granted Uh i bet that a lot of those conversations have always happened amongst like the black community i more meant that survivor was willing to show that to all of america because that is not really much of a conversation that america was having in 2002 yeah uh well during this vesepia says that she calls sean malcolm farrakhan um because of malcolm x and i actually didn't know about farrakhan but louis or louis farrakhan is uh 
was an American religious leader and political activist, um, also a so uh, black historical figure. So he, so I I noted that down as being a nickname. Here is the rule that I would like to propose for nickname watch. I think that the person needs to be called the nickname to their face for it to count as a nickname watch. Because there's lots of things in this episode that people are like calling people behind their backs or like this one is like a nice nickname that she's saying in a testimonial um, or a confessional. But like later people call like Rob and Sarah, Barbie and Ken and stuff like that, which is like a mean way of talking yeah. about them behind their back. And I, I feel like that's different I noted than that a down. I, well, hmm. I don't think the Rob, I think the Rob and Sarah one, they would call them that to their faces. They didn't like when we saw it, but I noted all three of those, like the, cause they also refer to Rob and Sarah as frickin' frack and Barbie and Ken. Um, I noted those as nicknames along with the Sean one. Listen, fantasies more fun if people get more points that's true i'm i'm fine to do that if you want i just feel like it will it's much harder to keep track of and we originally thought of the idea when like like with like t-bird and big tom and these things that like they just started going by and i feel like these things mm -hmm. are different like i doubt that vesepia would ever actually call him malcolm farrakhan yeah uh you're probably very right but i mean i'm cool with that because I guess that actually helps you out, but the Rob and Sarah one definitely helps me. Yeah. I think it's just more fun. Okay. Yeah. So we can count those as nicknames. That's fine. Uh, it just means um, we'll have to be real, real. I feel like I will need to be paying far more attention to them because like, I didn't catch frickin' freck. One thing I'll say, because I kind of jumped on the nickname thing um, when we were talking about something much more important regarding race. Yeah. Um, one thing I'll say that is it's... I think it's all well and good that the show is including that back in like 2001 or 2002. I also hope that as the seasons go, we we start to see more diversity on there because the fact that there's 16 contestants and there's only two that are like people of color is not great. Or at least there's two black contestants. Um, so hopefully we'll see those numbers change up as they go. I think they do a, I guess I, I don't have the numbers, but I think they typically do like a even split um sex wise they do it's always but, it's actually split across the tribes like that too so each tribe usually yeah. has four and four yeah so getting more diversity and i mean this is exactly what sean and vicepi are talking about like the fact that they just feel in the minority because they're two black people in a tribe of eight yeah like isn't great yeah i totally agree it's, this was particularly rough because in this conversation Sean says people are going to think that we're just ungrateful because because we're black essentially like people are going to he's just saying like people are going to like treat us differently and they might think that we're ungrateful because of that and then later we see Hunter saying I love everyone here but Sean doesn't seem to be carrying his own weight and there's a point literally where Sean is going with a water jug on his own to go get fresh water and is literally like going and doing stuff for the tribe. And we see Hunter say, I wish he worked a little more. And I was like, mm -hmm. Oh, like the, I don't think the show was trying to do that. Cause there's like a commercial break between those conversations. But I was like, right. Oh, I feel like the exact thing that Sean was worried about is happening here with Hunter. And like Hunter definitely, well, it I do see Hunter working more than I see Sean which might be a producing thing or an editing thing. But I also am like, Sean was literally going to 
was literally working hard when you said you wish he worked a little more. Like that's weird. Yeah. Well, I also want to keep an eye on Hunter too, because he has another problematic thing. I feel like this episode because he Rob and Sarah hang out a lot and he, and so Rob doesn't work as he claims Rob isn't working as much because Sarah's a bad influence basically. So he like blames any laziness that could be coming from Rob on Sarah basically. Yeah. I saw that too. Yeah. We'll, we'll see about Hunter. I'm not so sure about him. So, yeah. So unrelated to, well, related in the fact that it's Sean is one thing I noticed is Sean has a WWJD bracelet on. Oh, and I remember those being big when I was in like middle school. And I don't know if it was because of the time or because it was like, I actually went to church in middle school. Are those still a thing? No, no, that was very like okay. very much like a early 2000s thing. Okay. I don't have much else about Meru Amu here before the reward channel. I do want to know. So we talked a little bit about Hunter saying that Rob and Sarah are being super close and that Rob is being negatively affected by Sarah or whatever. We do see a little bit from Rob where he is actively saying like, I'm hanging out with Sarah because she's, she will vote however I want her to. And that makes my vote worth double. And so he's like kind of actively trying to manipulate her here, which I think that he also like may be a little bit into her or whatever, but we do see that Rob is trying to be strategic about this also. Um, It's not just like he is smitten and whatever. Yeah. We also kind of, with the voting in line with the voting sort of thing hunter wants sarah gone because he thinks if sarah leaves then rob will stop being distracted by her and like be more helpful and stuff so right that leads to some of the votes we'll see later this episode so let me see tree mail hunter mm-hmm. hunter reads hunter that reads the tree mail they go to the reward challenge and the reward for this is that they'll win masks and snorkels that will help them to do some fishing and stuff like that um but the challenge i thought this challenge was very cool uh there mm-hmm. were like some boats like some canoes kind of or like rowboats that were sunken um and like in the water with a bunch of rocks piled in them to like keep them down and so they had to like go out to the buoy that was attached to them at the top um and swim down and like remove all of the rocks to get them to float back up to the surface and bail the water out and race them back to shore um we see that robert is sitting out for row two which i felt like uh, is we know all the time whenever someone has to sit out because the tribes are uneven but robert was sick in the early, in the beginning of the episode so that is noteworthy that they're allowing him to sit out yeah i guess i didn't even pay that much attention to that but that's a good point because he's a i would guess he's i mean he's a bigger guy so maybe he's like could be more physical and active so the fact that he's sitting out might have be an issue going on but i guess if he sits out now he's not going to be able to sit out in the next ones i also wonder though if like i guess this isn't really how boats work that much but like boats are probably easier to row if you have lighter people in them oh yeah yeah he could have been one of the swimmers behind or something but yeah that's true like i would guess that he's like the biggest guy on that tribe yeah that's probably yeah i agree with that um i will say that if this if we had to like pick like an overall winner of this challenge it would be gabriel he like yeah crushed it like people dive down they like they have to dive underwater like kind of far and then they can like toss rocks out and some people are pulling out like sometimes they like slip a rock and they like don't even get one out or they'll pull out like one or two or three rocks from the boat and on one go he comes up and he's like all right i cleared away 19 (laughs) let's go yeah he rocks that 
he does so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nikki would be proud of him. Um, Rotu also gets the idea that they, once they get enough the rocks out, they should just go down with a couple of them together and try to tip the boat, just move all the rocks out. Do you think that would have been possible from the very beginning, or do you think that they needed to get a bunch of rocks out before they could do that? I think they needed to get some out. They like almost they kind of struggled with it. I thought as it yeah, was. That's what I thought too. Which, I was just so, so some of that because they went down like maybe like three of them to help flip it over. But I felt like when they were pulling the rocks out, it was usually only like one to two of them down there at a time. Why didn't they like do more at once? I don't know. I was curious about that too. At first, I thought it was like a rule that they could only have so many people underwater. Right. But then when they were flipping the boat, it was definitely more than that. So I don't know why they were waiting. Maybe maybe. They thought they'd get any maybe it's like or something maybe or maybe the rule was like if you're taking if you're using your hands to take rocks out of the boat you can only have like one or two down there at once but if you're trying to get the boat to surface then you can have like more than one and so since they weren't touching the rocks there they were touching the boat they were allowed to do more than yeah one i don't know people mara amu does the exact same thing where they only have one or two people and then eventually yeah. they also get on to tip the boat which i don't think they saw rotu do that so i'm not Maybe that is something that was discussed that we didn't get to see beforehand of like someone asked the yeah. question if they could do that and they were told yes. So um, so Rotu has the lead for a lot of this despite Gabriel's best efforts to clear away. Or wait. Yeah, Gabriel's in Rotu. Yes, yeah, yeah. Rotu wins this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Ro- Rotu wins this challenge, um, which means they get some like swimming masks and snorkels and the i feel like jeff said like a third thing did he say like fishing hooks oh maybe that was I feel it. Like he yeah. said something else i thought there was something else too i think it, that would make sense yeah i wrote down mara amu needs to get their ish together yeah um and we don't get i feel like they didn't show us that much between the reward challenge and the immunity challenge they show a little bit of building the shelter at maru amu yeah um sarah is giving some shelter suggestions and others aren't listening is what her point of view is others are trying to build i do think and i guess maybe people said this that i don't know i i'm not the biggest fan of sarah currently but um her suggestion was when they build like they're putting like layers of these like woven together leaves basically together for the roof but they're starting at the top and working down and she suggests they should start at the bottom and work up, which she's right. They should. She is right on that part. What? There was another part that she says that I don't know that I agree with, where she's like, we should. She, from what my understanding of it was, she's basically like, we should put both walls that we've made of this stuff on the same side, because then that'll be like definitely waterproof. And rather have one waterproof side rather than two semi waterproof sides. And I was like, I feel like that is more of a, we need to see how waterproof they are first before we like decide that. So we might as well have two walls. And then if we need to build that up later, we can. But yeah, I, I also was like, but I could see that going either way. It's just a team decision. You're getting outvoted. Stop complaining. The yeah, one that you said though, was sure. like definitely true of, they were like shingling basically. Start from the bottom. Start from the bottom. Right. Um, do you think their whatever survival book they got before they came on here talked about how to weave leaves yes. together? Because people were doing it in both tribes, and I was like, "How do you just know how to do this and like make cool stuff?" They must have been in that. Yes, book. I I definitely think like how to build a shelter or something was in that book because just everybody knows how to do it automatically, and they're all doing it basically the same way. Right. Anyway, immunity challenge. 
Nalia reads some dreams. Yeah, they, uh, yes. Jeff shows up sporting a cool cowboy hat. Yeah, cowboy Jeff. Cowboy Jeff. Uh, That's his nickname. If one of us had Jeff on our fantasy team, we just created our own nickname for him, Cowboy Jeff. Man, we should put Jeff on a fantasy team at some point. He'd always get points for talking before voting at Tribal Council. Um, they talk. So this a challenge is the classic like eat gross food challenge, which where they is every season's second episode. So far, yeah. Um, so this. I tried to get the description down of it. I think it's called Fafaru. Yeah, I got some. In, I is... got some information on Fafaru. Oh, okay. Uh, I looked it up on Atlas Obscura. Um, which they speak. That's uh, if you're not a Latin speaker, that means obscure Atlas. That's Chris's Latin corner. <laughs> yes. Uh, specifically, it's a part of Atlas Obscura called Gastro Obscura. Fafaru is known for its infamous odor. Uh, and gets takes some getting used to even for locals, um, but it is a specialty and a delicacy in the Polynesian islands and other Pacific islands. Um, so apparently they take crabs and shrimp from the seaside and crush them and put them into a jar of seawater and leave that to ferment in the sun for a couple of days, um, which is similar to what uh, Jeff described. And then that pickled seafood water uh, is filtered and they put slices of fresh fish. Apparently it is usually tuna, which that seemed like probably tuna to me that they were eating, uh, are added to this fil- this pickled water, um, fermented seafood water. Uh, and then that is left to marinate in that fermented juice for a few hours. And then that is the fafaru. Now, if they were eating this as like, a delicacy which um it is done there uh it is often eaten with mitihu i believe is how you would pronounce it which is like a coconut cream um that has also been fermented with seafood and or snails um and there's usually some taro and apparently it goes down very well with a glass of chilled and nano beer um it would be sold at like markets and stuff, but probably not at like a resort or something. It is not like uh, that common. Uh, this article says that you might need to like go to a local grocery store or something to get this rather than like a touristy place. Um, but yeah, that's what they're having. It's fermented fish in fermented seafood juice. They do not get any coconut cream or anything with it. It is just... He just, Jeff describes it as bobbing for fafaru. And so they cannot use their hands and have to just go down into this fermented seafood water and get out a big hunk of tuna, like a big hunk of tuna and eat all of it. Well, they're not, they are like kind of big when they get to the tiebreaker part of it. Those are like some real Yeah, that's big like hunks. a giant bowl of it. That's wild. Yeah. And this um, stuff, like while they showed on the show is just like absolutely like swarmed with flies, which I think would be the worst part about the bobbing part you can't even like wave your hand to like wave some flies away you just like hope you're not also getting a fly in your mouth while you're doing this i think the worst part of the bobbing part is that like you're also getting a face full of the thing that smells the worst like the tuna yeah. isn't that bad the juice is what's awful yeah i think they need to rework these food challenges this one along with last season's blood bar just kind of bothered me because 
they both ended in ties and then the tiebreaker is just like all right eat like even more of it really fast i guess for the win and i just like i don't know i don't i think it's lame they gotta do something better i agree with you i don't really love the food challenges anyway like i don't think that they're that fun to watch um I wonder if they eventually go away from them altogether because this was also kind of the age of like, this is probably pre- fear, factor. fear factor actually, yeah. but around that same time frame. Um, and I feel like, like I would be surprised if in season 40, there was still a food challenge just because I don't feel like that's where we are at a culture anymore. Yeah, that's true. We'll see. Um, each team, the weakest person on each team who like struggled the most to get it down was um rob on maramu and then man i still can't say her name nalia on row two um rob definitely more than nalia and so when they everybody gets through it successfully somebody has to go twice i didn't take note of who that was hunter oh hunter went twice okay uh because maramu was down a person so to make everybody have an equal number maramu had to send somebody twice which was hunter um then for the tiebreaker they each have to take down more and they get to pick the person on the other tribe so rob got picked from his tribe and then the blonde girl nalia but i said it that way because that's like they don't know each other's names on the other person's tribe yeah it's like they weren't able to just say who they wanted um so yeah so nalia versus rob they have to get down like a lot and I don't even know why Rob tried here. Like he only like half tried and then he was like doing very poorly with this and he should have just like stopped altogether and be like, all right, I'm out. Yeah. I guess that would means he would have gotten for him from his, yeah, he would have gotten voted off or something, but um, he, he does eventually throw up. Yeah. And like throws up like towards the camera and it's real gross. It's awful. But then after he throws up, Nalia wasn't done yet. And he like kind of keeps going what would have happened if like Nalia had like a big pause and like she couldn't finish and so like Rob went for it like the fact that he threw up does would that not have like disqualified him I feel like if she couldn't finish and he could finish I would say that he would still win I would rather that Jeff would have made some sort of judgment call of like if they both throw up like who threw up less or something like that yeah or he would be like, we got to go again. Like, who picks someone else? So, I definitely don't want to see that again. Yeah, this... The the Blood Bar stuff last season was not, like, difficult to watch at all. This one, well, I felt they like, didn't... was... They didn't struggle with it, I guess. You're right. Yeah. But this one was, like, difficult to watch just because everyone... Virtu- like, some people were fine, I guess. But even them, you would tell, like, they did not like it. Everyone looks like they might puke yeah i actually thought rob wasn't going to get the first round down yeah same he like barely did he was taking forever and then jeff was like all right five four three and then he got it down um yeah so row two won that they're on a roll here winning yeah three Um, three for three yeah and which was good if you in fantasy had lots of row two people which i'm uh me and Nikki each had three row two people and Patrick only had two. So it helped us out a lot points wise. Yeah. That, that was rough for me this week for fantasy. I will say, uh, I just, I started to get sad because I was like, Oh man, row two is running away with this and it's going to be row two all the time. But that's also what happened last time with Samburu and Baran. 
and Samburu was like rocking it out for the first couple episodes and then fall apart and Baran ended up winning in the end. Um, but Samburu had the old Yun issue and so we'll see what happens with Rotu because they don't really have that. They have a little bit with Kathy, but other than that, they're pretty solid so far. We also uh, haven't seen yeah, that. Yeah, but maybe we just haven't seen it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we haven't seen a whole lot from Rotu because uh, because Maruamu has lost the first two immunity challenges, they show us a little bit more from them so we can see the dynamic there, which is what we get to see a little bit before this Tribal Council. Not a lot, actually. They really front-loaded this episode with like non-challenge-related stuff and then went pretty quick from reward to immunity to Tribal Council. Yeah, which is disappointing just because I like the challenges more than like the literal survival aspect of things but yeah fine. so they between immunity and tribal council we just see a little bit with maru amu talking about like what's going to happen here um sean tells vesepia that um he wants saragon um rob said and he talks to rob about this too um and rob says that if she is going then it's going to ruin his home life referring to like sleeping with her like actually sleeping i don't think they're having sex yet but who knows maybe yeah i think you're right on that um yeah so it's really kind of like split going into this like i figured Robin there's some people that want have that conversation too and also talk a little bit about patricia potentially yeah yeah so it's basically going in some people want sarah gone because they don't think she's helping very much and then some people want patricia gone because they just kind of get annoyed by her for being like bossy being too much of a mom i guess is kind of what they're saying um and so it's kind of split going into that i thought patricia was going like that was my prediction i thought sarah was leaving here but we see quite a bit of discussion before the voting like more so than usual i think at tribal, tribal council. council yeah yeah um one, some of the stuff that they talk about in different ways but the general idea is just some of them like sean and sarah specifically are ones that they said they work they worked a lot at home and so they thought that they wouldn't have to work quite as much here like sarah mentions that she works like 16 hour days or something like that i think yeah that's what she says um and so they didn't think they'd have to work quite so much here which is uh, wild yeah they've like i assume they've seen like season one or season two like and like it's easy. uh you have you're surviving on a island like of course right. you have to work hard but that's like the main thing i didn't actually jot down like any specific questions it was just all, all about like work ethic for the most part but we do see i think every single person i noted that every single person talked except Vesepia. uh yeah so i don't know if you want to say anything specifically that they said but no i yeah agree that it's not that interesting we see two votes that they show to camera, which are Vesepia voting for Patricia. She says she's a great person, but the mom thing is getting pretty old. And Hunter voting for Sarah. He says, I'm sorry, you know, I love you, but the beach party is over. Um, and then we get to see the votes revealed, and it is a close vote. We see three for Patricia and three for Sarah before we see the final vote, which is for Patricia. So Patricia is gone. Yeah, um, two of Patricia's Hunter, votes call her mom or mama yeah um um sarah the people who voted for sarah were hunter patricia and gina and then the other four vesepia sean sarah and rob all voted for patricia so at this point jeff says like we're definitely in a tribe divided or something as they like leave which is fine because it was like a three to four vote except really 
everybody's together except for Hunter and Gina. Yeah. Yeah, and, which I think except so there is like voting, like I think Sean and Vizepia will probably stick together voting wise. Um Rob and, and Sarah, Sarah will and Rob, voting. Yeah. So we could see, so it's almost like we have like these three groups of two kind of. That's true, I, but I also think that Rob and Sean are tight. So I think that that group of four is much tighter than Hunter and Gina. Yeah, I think that's true. I think Hunter maybe thinks, or I guess going into this vote, maybe thought he was tighter with Rob than he was maybe. Yeah. That's why I he think wants we're to get rid of see Sarah maybe some, so he can pull Rob in. I think we're going to see some uh, like come to Jesus moments a little bit with that. Like I, I bet that they're going to argue a little bit about what's going on there and deal with yeah. that. Uh, yeah. So let's talk fantasy. Yeah. So row two, one, everybody on row two, one reward points and immunity points. Um, we saw Hunter and Nalia read tree mail. We see, we already talked about people who talk at tribal council, everybody from Maru Amu, except for Vesepia. And getting called a nickname, we talked a lot about that. We had Mama for Patricia. We had Barbie and Ken and Frickin' Frack for Rob and Sarah. You know what and I didn't Sean. notice with the nickname? I'm pretty sure that we said last week that we would count calling Vesepia V as a nickname, but I don't remember her getting called that this episode. I don't remember but, that either, but it, that's a very easy one that I would have just like not noticed too. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to watch for it next week and maybe we'll notice it then i'm just, yeah. I was just surprised that i didn't see it this time we gave rob hunter and sean points for island living for their morning show and then patricia got four points um getting voted out are these the names in our doc are they listed in the order we picked them yeah yes. they are right okay so but uh, nikki lost her third pick um but overall I am in the lead now with 28 points. Nikki has 27, and then Patrick has 20. He's a little bit farther back just because he only had two people from row two. Um, but yeah. it is very early in the season, so lots will change. Yeah. I, I, uh, it will be a problem if Mara Amu does not get it together for me, but we'll see about that. So let's talk about final three and the final three, I guess. I'm going yeah. to stick with mine uh mine from last week was hunter rob and robert and even though maro amu is down right now six to eight i'm still sticking with picking two of them for my final three uh and robert i think is the one that i probably should swap out i think just because him looking a little sick this week the preview for next week showed that he like steps on something and like hurts i don't know he gets hurt in some fashion i don't know um so I should maybe swap him out, but I'm going to be stubborn and just kind of try to ride out those three. Uh, I'm going to do the same thing. My three were Rob, Hunter, and Gina. Um, I think that something's going to happen on Mara Amu, and they're going to need to figure that out. Uh, but I feel like I will know pretty soon if that Rob, Hunter, Gina is actually going to be solid or if that's going to really blow up in my face. Yeah, um, I think Rotu's gonna lose immunity next week, so we're gonna see one of them go. That's my thought. It would be it'd be the first time ever if they don't. Like we've never had five versus eight, right? 
Yep. Next week's episode is No Pain, No Gain, which the preview for the episode shows. I think they get like they must it must be some like thing they find in the water and the beach, like thorns or spinies or something, is what it kind of made it look like. So we shall see if there's other pain and gain to be had, but I think that's what it's referring to. Uh, one thing that is unrelated to this episode, so I guess, sorry, I should, maybe we should have done it before the final three. Um, I uh, have a friend who I've been talking about this podcast for months and months and months, and they finally were like, okay, I'll start watching Survivor. And they watched all of season one of Survivor in the last two days. Um, and were texting me, like live tweeting it basically in text to me throughout that entire time. Um, so we have another survivor convert. Uh, it's very exciting. Shout out to Katie. If you're listening to this, I got my friend, Lauren is, she's been a survivor fan, but I got in talking to her about it. She has like rewatched season two and three now. Um, she's going to be a future like season guest. I think where she'll be like a first and the last in the season. She knows a lot about survivor and loves to do like deep dive research. So we'll be able to like. I think we can like give her some research tasks of things that like we're too afraid to research for spoilers and she'll get the answers for us. Oh, that's awesome. That's super cool. Yeah. Uh, Steve has also uh, been watching and listening along and uh, sent me the text message like a week or two ago that said, release more episode a week coward. Cause he wanted more of our episodes out so he could hear what we had to say. So that was nice. Yeah. Anyways, for this week of Tribal Council, this is Chris signing off. This is Patrick. And the tribe has spoken. (laughs) 